0: I want you to please be seated. In our Catholic liturgical tradition, they talk about when we're celebrating together in worship during the Mass that there's the presence of God in four different areas. There's the presence for sure in the Eucharist. When we receive that communion, it's the risen Christ that's with us, that fills us with his presence, physical, real presence. And help us to become the body of Christ. Really Christ in the Eucharist. There's really Christ in the priest. Hopefully. When he speaks the word and and you hear it. It gives you a sense and ties you and draws you more into the life and the body of Christ. There's also the presence of, of God. In the word it's the mouth of God. That's why we kiss the book. So that when the words of God enter us and we're open to it, we speak the presence of God in the gift and the structure, the flesh of language from mind to mind. God's spirit communicating back and forth and pulling us together through our thoughts and our ideas and our inspirations and our emotions into the body of Christ. And there's a final fourth presence in our liturgical celebration. And so often it's forgotten. It's all of you, the community. God lives there. When the Epiclesis, when we ask that the Holy Spirit comes and changes the bread and wine into the presence of God, when that same Spirit comes upon and through the Word we hear it, God's presence is there. When God's spirit comes upon, hopefully the priest speaks and communicates that presence. That same spirit is upon all of you. As you hear the word, as you eat the flesh of Christ and drink his blood, hear his word and unite with your leadership, we become one body of Christ, the whole community. Let's remember those four presences. Today, though, we especially celebrate this word the mouth of God who touches us, talks to us, speaks in our ear and says, I want to set you on fire. I want to set you on fire with my love to go and change the world. When I think of persons who have really picked up the word that brings them alive and sets them on fire, we hear that first reading today of Jonah. Love the story. Monsignor It's one of his favorites too. But Jonah the prophet, as the word of God in the Old Testament and the the Jewish tradition, entered into him and just converted him and drew him, he could not stand the Ninevites. They were the archenemy in that whole whole region, and they had conquered it, known for their violence. And when the word came into Jonah and said, Speak, I want to change and transform this whole city of Nineveh. (laughs) Jonah said, forget you. Jonah simply said, Lord, I'm not interested. I can't stand that enemy. And why don't you just wipe them out? So that's where we get the story of Jonah and the whale. He goes the opposite direction to Nineveh. And God still catches him as that word burns inside of him. And burns away his prejudice. He lands along the shore of Nineveh and goes again to the city a second time. And speaks a word. How did he do it? How did he speak? Was he yelling or anything like this? Maybe he was even resistant and not even wanted to say much, but he he would say, change your lives. Was it his presence or his personality or the loudness of a voice where he looked so bizarre But when those words came out, a whole other community of a whole different religion changed. When we are open to the word of God, it's like a fire that enters in and renews, breaks us out of old barriers. And the mouth of God touches us and gives us life to the full, not half a life. Full life. Jonah, the prophet, and the great prophets, and the, the Jewish scriptures, Hebrew scriptures. Another story, 11th century, 11th, 12th century. Bernard of Clairvaux, a Cistercian monk. He was known for very, a sense of... of simplicity of quiet, a great love to Our Lady, and a faith that was very warm, not scholastic, just in the sense of drawing people in. At the time of that century, the 11th and 12th century, during that time, about 50 years before Francis of Assisi, Bernard would be known as the one that transformed Europe. None of the popes, many of them were corrupt. And Bernard would speak with such a gentleness in his heart (laughs) that they made a comment that when Bernard spoke, wives better hang on to their husbands, otherwise they'd join the monastery or go off to the Crusades. Because he would speak with fire, with a word that was alive. And people who were so hungry for God ate it and were changed, were inspired. When he started the abbey, uh, the the, the monastery of of, uh, Clairvaux, he talked to 30 of his friends. They were part of the nobility in Burgundy, between Paris and Lyon. And 30 of his friends joined the monastery. 30 of them. And later his own dad. (laughs) When you speak the fire whether it's loud or quiet, with like a whisper. It enters into your heart and it renews you. And that one line of the word that speaks alive and enters in us helps us to see what's going on in our lives and opens us to life. The word on fire. Jonah, Bernard of Clairvaux, renewing whole communities, whole cities. The last person I'd like to talk about is a person who lived in the last century during World War II, a great Lutheran theologian, very, very young, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And during the time of, in Germany, when the Catholic leadership as well as uh, the Protestant leadership really did a lot of cooperation with the Nazi regime, as a young theologian in his 20s and 30s, Dietrich Bonhoeffer would challenge the people to live the gospel. He wrote a work called The Cost of Discipleship. Discipleship, that if you read it even today, it just burns inside of you. It just makes me shake when I read that text. It's a spiritual classic across all Christian traditions. He has one line, I can still remember, and he himself would work with an underground seminary training the seminarians to speak out against this racism that was going on, okay, this anti-Semitism that was occurring in his land, and to speak for the church to come alive, not only Catholics, Protestants, Lutherans. He would even, with a group of friends, make an attempt on the life of Adolf Hitler. He would be caught. And a few months before the end of the war, he was hung, a pastor, a Lutheran pastor, But in that book, he would say, follow Christ and die. Not morbid. But he'd talk about, we so often take grace and the gifts of God cheaply. But God who gives his entire life for us in Jesus Christ, don't treat him cheap. Follow him and give your life. That's the word alive with a fire. That just opens us up and says, wow, I want what he has. I want what she says. And it just when she speaks, it it brings me alive again more fully. And helps me to let go of the things that keep me away from being in God. God's word alive in our world. So what did you hear in the gospel today? When Christ was walking by the shore of your heart, what were you doing? in the story in the gospel today. When he calls out for Peter, when he calls out for John and James, come, follow me. Did you notice what they did? They were hanging on to their nets. They were getting their boats ready. They were finishing up their fishing. And they let it all go because when they heard the word from his mouth, they wanted what was him. and They followed. Christ is speaking to every single one of us every day. He goes by the shore of our hearts and says, come, follow me. Do we hear, do we taste that fire, a word alive? Or is there so much noise going on in our lives that we don't even hear the voice of God. He's speaking to us, whispering to us. But there is so much other stuff going on. And if we want to hear the voice of God, first thing is, we got to look at the noise. Am I forever before the television or on my iPhone, my iPad? Is there no silence that we can't even hear the voice of God at all? So the first question is, if God is talking to me, what about all this noise that might be blocking it out? And that means taking some time and looking at what is the noise in my life. The things around me and the things inside of me. What's important? What are my priorities? Can you hear the voice of God or is he number 23? In a whole nother room. He might be walking by but I have no idea because I'm in another place. And that the word that goes out never enters in. So like Peter, James and John we've got to create a space where we help let go of some of the noise first of all around us and create enough silence where a little bit of the voice of God is heard. So that's the noise. Sometimes it's not noise but it's things we're clinging to. I won't let go of the nets. No, no, no. Jesus, you're walking, but I've got to hang on to these nets. I've got to fix them up. I won't let go of the boat. My boat is really important. I've worked at it all my life. It's so key. Maybe I won't let go of my dad, Zebedee. Or Peter, his wife. We know he's married because Jesus heals his mother-in-law. But Christ is asking us not getting rid of those things but to follow him and make him first. At times we've just hang on to these things and we think they're so critical and they hinder us responding to that voice. The last thing that I invite you remove the noise or get less than the noise. Remove the attachments or let go of them for at least a moment. Is practice learning the language of God. You learn the language of God day in, day out in prayer. You hang on to the word and you read it over and over slowly. And bit by bit, the words enter into us and bring us alive. What first seemed to be just a dark door, bit by bit, it opens up. And we hear his voice. And he calls us. And what seemed like a little fire, a little match, starts to become a bonfire. And the word enters in, and we become the words of God in the world, making the body of Christ alive. So, my friends, on this Word Sunday, where's your Bible? On the shelf? By your bed? Is it open? Is there any time during the day that at least a couple of lines enter in to learn the language of God, to help us let go of our attachments, get rid of the noise, and we follow when He walks by and says, Follow me. Spend time with me. Let me set you on fire with my love and my care. Come, Holy Spirit, fill us with your fire. Help us to hear the word God's mouth in our lives. Change us so we be instruments of change in this world and make the body of Christ real.